hug or, or, or a hand, uh, uh, greeting by making a shock or something or blow them a kiss and tell them you love them. If you haven't taken any mints, try not to blow too hard. That was a joke, you know, actually. And nobody caught it. Hallelujah. God is good. Welcome you to our final service in the year 2016. Well, excuse me, final Wednesday night service. I don't want to have that stated. And you get the wrong drift and don't come on Saturday night. We want you to be here Saturday night because it's an exciting service that we normally uh, do our New Year's celebration, and you can't enter the new until you exit the old. But we want to exit the right way because how you exit is how you enter. Can you say it again? How you exit is how you enter. So we want to enter a good 2017. How many of you are looking forward to a good 2017. All 10 of us. Amen. I see some of you just getting ready with your word and all that. We're going to dive into some word tonight. But I'm looking forward to 2017 only because I know what God has done in 2016 was just so awesome. How many of you are grateful for 2016? But God is just going to do some great things in our life. And we know our theme this year is stand fast, help me, stand fast, finish strong. Look at two people beside you, maybe on both sides, and tell them, stand fast, finish strong. Okay, don't talk to them anymore. They're not talking to you. Talk to somebody else. Tell them, stand fast, finish strong. Stand fast. Another theme was just so awesome because along our walk of life, there were many uh, obstacles or situations that we had to stand fast. You, you were challenged with situations that you had to stand fast. But we find, found out that not only we were standing fast, we have to learn what it is to finish strong. Tell somebody, you got to finish strong. In other words, you got to get a strong finish all the way to the end. And many a times at the end or the fourth quarter or towards the ending of the fourth quarter is where your endurance is challenged. You are challenged with your endurance. You know, many a times, whether it's a, a basketball game, volleyball game, whatever sport it is, on that last quarter or the last several minutes, more than likely, most of the time, the coach will always encourage the, the players. We got about a minute left. We're down about a point or maybe two. We can win this game. But you got to give it all you got. You got to give it everything you have. Everything that you've practiced for, everything that you believed for, everything you prayed for, everything you worked hard on the off-season so it could develop into things that are very successful on the season, 
you now have to give it your very best shot. You know, not wanting to put down any school, but I'd like to talk about the last purple championship that took place. Real quick, and then I'll dive into the message pertaining to what I'm talking about, stand fast and finish strong. For the past several weeks, uh, years, excuse me, Kahuku had led our state, Kahuku High School, had led our state, where's Deacon Stephen? There at a wrestling championship. Look at that, he's still finishing strong with his daughter. But uh, Kahuku High School has won many of the state championships. And, huh? And, and uh, what I was going to say was, this year, however, another school came in and took the state championship. And we know that that's uh, St. Louis Crusaders. And we're grateful because we had the opportunity also to have the family come and minister to our sports players here on the west side. On that Thursday night, if you were here, it was, we had an awesome time. But what I was saying there was the balance or the odds didn't seem favorable to the Crusaders' side. It looked like as though Kahuku Red Raiders was highly favored because they took the state championship for the past maybe three or four years, I think, or maybe two years. And so the favorites seemed to have leaned towards the Red Raiders. However, the St. Louis Crusaders, and according to the testimony that I received, and it really blessed my heart, was when that young man began to share with the team before they went out on the field. And he said this, we came this far. Why should we go out? Losing to this team, which they are the champions. They were last year's champions. But this year, I believe we can walk out of the stadium champions. So they begin, he began to bring the message of, of Moses, the Israelites, crossing the Red Sea. You caught something there? Well, we went to the game, <laughs> and uh, it was kind of rainy, but it was not just rainy with the weather. It was rainy with the Kahuku community. I've never seen a community as strong, as powerful, and supportive as Kahuku's community. Now, if you were there that night, you would understand what I'm saying. That place was covered like the Red Sea. Unbelievable. Honestly saying. But this young man said, tonight, Moses was used to part the Red Sea then. God's going to use us to part the Red Sea tonight. Somebody catch that revelation? It encouraged, not just encouraged the boys, but it empowered them by those words. 
It empowered them by that words. And it gave them like a super upon their natural. And they begin to see the handiwork of God when they trusted God on the field. Not just them, but the coaches heard this young man speaking to all the boys. And the coaches was encouraged. And we begin to see how the play developed. My family was sitting on a, in a south end zone on a bottom corner. And almost the whole night, we were praying in the spirit. Believing that God was going to shatter whatever spiritual assignments that was trying to come against bringing uh, uh, deliverance to another championship school. We were praying that. Because if you understand the spiritual realm, you got to know how to pray against the spiritual realm. And we begin to see miracles happen right before our very eyes. I'd like to say that because stand fast, finish strong is what gives you and I the strength. And God gives you and I miracles before our very eyes. But if you don't stand fast, you can never finish strong. This is our last Wednesday. Saturday night, we celebrate our New Year's service. It's a, it's a great event, but I'd like to say thank you for coming tonight. Because what we've been talking about on the past several Sundays was God's plan called, come on, help me somebody, God's plan called grace. And God's grace really is what you and I can really thank him for. And I'm going to talk about grace. Because if you're not in God's grace, you're not in in God's hands, you're, you're not giving God the opportunity to work on your behalf. You're doing it all on yourself. You, you're trying your very best all alone, and it's not going to work. Amen? So with that, let's give God a big clap offering, and I'd like to have you to turn to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to start at verse number 1. I'm reading in the NLT, so I'd like for you to, uh, I'll ask our media team to help us in those areas. But you can follow along with me in Scripture, in the book of Romans, chapter 5. Father, we thank you for your message, God's plan, called grace. We find that it is grace, really, in action. Thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. In and through the lives of your people, Holy Spirit, you have first authority in everything and all that we do. You speak. You manifest. You allow your word to go forth to the hearers. And we give you glory tonight. And then we begin to break and bind all assignments against us tonight. Everything that stops us or hinders us or tries to distract us from hearing this word of life. We take authority over it in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, I claim it done. So Father, with these words tonight, we thank you for deliverance in advance. Giving you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. Romans chapter 5, we're going to start reading at verse number 1. And I, pro I, I would probably be jumping back and forth to uh, the Amplified as well. But let's start there at verse 1 in the NLT. Therefore, Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, by faith, we have peace. Help me read it. With God, 
because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, had done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege, where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Everybody got that, verse 2 so far? Let's all read verse 3. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. Some of the things I just talked about. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confidence, hope of salvation. And this hope, verse 5, will Because and somebody say amen. amen. Six, when we are utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his grace by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ had made us friends with God, of God. When Adam sinned, Entered When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned, even before the law was given. But it was not counted as sin, because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God, as Adam did. Now Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ, who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death. To many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. Now stop for a moment. We're going to continue. Does anyone understand what is happening before your very eyes right now? A complete history 
of our salvation called grace. If anything you want to learn and you want to understand and you want to be a witness and share to others, especially people that want to stand for their doctrine or their religion or their culture or their ethnic background, you cannot go to heaven by any other man, by any other name, by any religion or any other thing that was created. You and I have been given grace. The reason I stopped there was uh, I want you to look at the scriptures that is being read intently to understand that these scriptures is revealing to you our salvation called grace. Without this, you have no knowledge, you have no understanding of God's grace in your life. Therefore, you will walk away not having the revelation of why you are saved, why you are born again, why you feel that you have a destiny to heaven, why you believe that heaven, the Bible says, is promised to all men. Why do you believe that you will not be condemned or judged? Why you believe today that you can be saved and set free? And if you have been blood-bought, which is revealing to us right now, then you are set free from the condemnation of those who are yet walking in sin. Romans chapter 5 follows Romans 1, 2, 3, and 4, of course. But if you read the book of Romans, you'll understand. It talks highly about God's grace. Chapter 5 breaks down how, why, when, where deliverance comes in our life. If you need to testify or share to someone about God's grace, take them to Romans 5. Share with them God's grace. You can actually go to the four Gospels. It will explain everything. You can go to John chapter 1. Start there. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And it goes on to tell you how you and I became the sons of God in verse 12. And how Jesus Christ walked in the flesh in verse 14. And the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. But what we need to still understand, and I'm closing actually the Christmas message. Because the gift goes on. The gift goes on. And we enjoyed the beautiful Christmas message and, and the drama, the play. And all that has been done and the message that has been shared, I so enjoyed it. How many of you enjoyed it? Can we give God a big clap offering for that? But it doesn't stop there. God's grace now is fully developed in our lives. Now we have to go forward, which is called grace in action. God's plan called grace. This is where now we have to live. The life of God's grace. I'm thankful for grace. And I believe all of us here, there shouldn't exempt one person 
I believe every person here should be thankful for God's grace. Now, let me just throw this in. It's just a thought. Let's say you broke the law by speeding or running a red light, and then you, a police officer caught you, and he pulled you over, and he brought shame to you because now all of Arco Safety passing you. Hey, praise God! <laughs> but you feel embarrassed because the police officer pulled you over on the side. Isn't it true? You feel more embarrassed when a ticket is being written to you. And everyone sees you now receiving, and some of us might be crying about that time, pleading to them, please show grace, please show grace. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And then all of a sudden, the officer says to you, don't let it happen again. And some of you wanted to jump out of the car and give them a big hug, or slam 20 bucks, then I'll go buy lunch. Because it's going to be a record of what you've done. Anybody understand? Because you broke the law. But because that officer may have said, ah, I kind of feel sorry for that individual. Maybe, I don't know. And he saw grace in his eyes towards you. And he said, don't let that happen again. How many of you drove away grateful? You went down the street five miles below the speed limit. You drove like that for the next couple of days. Made sure all your mirrors were clean and working. Your blinkers and your safety check. Some of us need to do some safety check or registration. Not because you live Waianae, you're born again, you go to Ark of Safety. You don't need to do all of that stuff. Matter of fact, I think I need to check that bike. Thank God it's only riding in the church. I still need to check that bike anyway. Might have an officer stand behind my bike while I'm riding. You know, I just gave you a simple illustration of grace. How many of you felt that relief? Felt that relief? The officer would say, don't let it happen again. You know, God is saying the same thing to you and I. Because many a times we break the laws and think that nobody sees us, that God doesn't know. But not just our conscience or subconscience, but the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and I. And we should be grateful for that. And I'd like to say this to you. That is God's grace in action. He's revealing to you the things that we should and shouldn't do. Before we begin to make an attempt to do it. God's grace in action. Can you tell somebody beside you? God's grace in action. You don't deserve it. Tell them. But he gave it to you. Anyway, so as we read the rest of this chapter, because after I go to Romans, there will be several other areas that I may want to look at. Because if you're not walking in God's grace, you're walking in an opposite direction, and it's not healthy for you. 
And it may not be healthy, not just for you, but those that are connected to you. You don't know this, but many people are watching the way you live. They're watching how you uphold yourself. They're listening to the words you say. But they're mainly watching your character. How your character is being tried, tested, and developed. I love basketball. I love football. I love sports altogether. We were at a game when Geisen was playing high school basketball up at Mililani. I'll probably ask them to edit this because the referee might recognize me. <laughs> and I did not agree with some of the calls that he was making. I don't know, Pastor Jerry, is, can I get a microphone for her? She's helping me minister right now. And I was like, I felt like I was the only guy seeing all of these calls. So finally the guy came, I was maybe about four or five benches up, came to the side and he was about to give, you know, the team the ball on a, on a side. And I said, brah, brah. <laughs> I said, whoo, brah, ref. <laughs> And I said, if you're going to make that kind of call, make them for both teams. Why just make them against y and I? I? I told him like that. And it came super quiet. I don't know if everybody just heard my voice at that time. But I was like, Pastor Jerry is over there pulling my shirt, pinching my leg, everything. She's like, shut up, everybody watching you. And I stood up off my chair. And I said, that's right, I'm talking to you, bro. <laughs> and the referee, he picked up the ball and he turned, I got his attention. He turned to me, he said, why, you can do better. Come down here. I said, I'm coming. <laughs> I didn't say I'm coming. I just said, I'm just asking, if you're going to make that type of calls, which I don't think that it's fair. Everybody else can see it. Nobody's saying anything. I'm just letting you know, if you're going to make that type of unfair calls or whatever calls you're making, please make it for the other team as well because it doesn't seem fair. And then he looked back at me and I said, but that's all I'm saying to you. Pastor Jerry said, we go. <laughs> See, I'm talking about basketball. Now she like tell me, now go to the football one. <laughs> where, where you had a 15-yard flag and nobody, nobody, wasn't any of your sons. You was cheering for your nephews. Let's leave that one out. <laughs> Apostle, what are you saying? I don't know. I almost forgot my drift. Where was I? I? I just felt that something needed to be said at that moment and that time. But I was, I'm so grateful 
that it did not take off and escalate in any other way. That I could remember or remind myself who I was. Amidst saying that in the, in a, in a, in a gym, in that area, amidst, you know, saying, now some of you do that, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying, some of you innocent like, wow, apostle, you a bad guy, I don't want to go game with you. You understand what I'm saying, right? Not everything we see in our eyes is righteous. Not everything we see in our eyes or in our hearts or our thoughts should be something that we should do at that moment in time. I just felt at that time I needed to say something. And if I needed to stand to be corrected or they were going to escort me out, then I'm going to be escorted out. But I believe God's grace forgave me for that time. So we should never bring it up. <laughs> I talked about the police officer because I felt at that moment in time I was forgiven. That officer may have went to you and said to you, don't let it happen again. So if you get caught and an officer is out there, please think about this message. <laughs> don't, don't. I'm only kidding with you. You understand what I'm saying? We're going to dive back in from verse 15 down. I believe the scriptures go to verse 21. And it really talks about God's grace. So many times we do and we let our actions speak for us. But we have to be careful because it really is our character inside. So let's talk about that for a moment, okay? So back to uh, Romans chapter 5. Let's look at from verse 15. Help me read it. Go ahead. But there is a great difference between... And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to, let's read that again. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads to our being made right with God. Even though we are guilty of many sins. Stop for a moment. If I was to ask you, can you remember at least four or five? Not only can you remember four or five, but you can remember a hundred or a thousand. But now we're not living in the past. So we don't allow the past to creep upon us to make us feel that we are yet still not forgiven of our past. When you ask Christ to come into your heart, you repented of your sin or sins, he washed and cleansed you with his blood. We read that earlier. So therefore, we are no more counted for the sin that we have done. We have been now forgiven. But we're still walking in God's grace. Because of this flesh, you and I still have the tendency to sin. Everybody understand what I'm saying? There is no perfect person here. I'm not saying you make 
opportunities or ways to sin. But I'm saying you can sin just by your eyes. You can sin just by your thoughts. You can sin by listening to someone else's conversation and allowing it to go into your heart. And it contaminates your spirit. You can sin by not participating against something that is truthful. If someone is speaking a lie and you know the truth and don't say anything about it, you can be held accountable. So Romans 3.23 says, All, help me somebody, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So there is no perfect person. So 6.23 of Romans tells us, For the wages of sin now is death. I'll show it to you. Is death. We're talking now not just about the first death being dying or passing from this life. Because we know that this body has to go back to the dust. But at the rapture, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we'll be changed into a glorified body. Those who are blood-bought and blood-washed. If you're not blood-bought and blood-washed. Now, I'm not saying this as a judge. Or I'm not saying this as a condemnation. I'm saying this because of what the Word says. If you are not blood-bought, John 3, 3. Except a man be born again, he will not see the kingdom of heaven. John 3, 16. God gave his only son. For whomsoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Watch this. This is happening to you and I right now because of grace. This is why we can love others unconditionally. Because God loved us still while we were yet sinners. He came and died for us. He came and allowed himself to go on Calvary's cross. That by his bloodshed, it would wash away every sin of mankind. And we can be forgiven. So now the Bible tells us, he gives us an advocate, or he gives us uh, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit now lives inside of us. Without Christ, without repentance, without the blood, the Holy Spirit doesn't live inside of you. But being born again, the Holy Spirit now comes inside of you. That was the promise that Jesus told the disciples. And I will go to my father and ask my father that he will send you another comforter. Not a sofa. Or a couch, okay? Send you another comforter. Or someone that will enlighten your faith or encourage you forward. Or will help you in your faith. Or give you hope that you will have a destiny and not be condemned with the rest of the world. Everybody Okay. So now let's go over to verse 17. Okay, 18. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with and new life for everyone. Only to those actually who believe. Because... One person disobeyed God. Many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, 
many will be made righteous. Somebody say amen. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So, help us read this. Just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life. How? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the reason why we cannot and should not testify of religion or lifting up a man's name. I heard Christians say, well, my pastor is so-and-so on television. He is? Do you know where he, he abides or where his church is? Oh, yeah, somewhere in the mainland. Somewhere in the mainland. Then that person cannot be your pastor, actually. He's a man that edifies you spiritually. But your pastor is the one that shepherds you. Your pastor not just prays for you. Your pastor allows the spirit of God to manifest in his life or her life. And feed you that you might be nourished spiritually. So that you would know how to grow. That the destiny of your salvation will be kept in line. When you walk out of line, your pastor helps hear from God, ministers the message, and brings deliverance in your life. For not just you, but for your entire family. If you are a witness, somebody say amen. God gives authority to your pastor. Not by somebody that you just begin to watch over television. I watch television programs Christian television programs every single day. It edifies my spirit. It blows my mind, really. I'm in my bed I'm, I'm, or in my couch. I'm laughing. Honestly. Because I'm thinking, this guy is listening to my message, and now he's preaching it to his church. Thousands of miles away from Hawaii. And he's preaching the exact same message. Pastor Jerry and I are high-fiving each other on the bed. And we're saying, Father, we thank you that your spirit thrives and lives within us. Same message, the same word, same anointing, the same grace. I'm blown away. But it's not my message. It's the Spirit of God that brings the message to the shepherd so that the shepherd could allow that to digest and then feed the sheep. So that the, the sheep will not get, get stuck in situations and don't know how to get out. The sheep would know how to stand on its own four feet. <laughs> Two feet. <laughs> and begin to call upon the Father themselves. The, the, the sheep also knows the time of feeding. When I was in Israel, I saw the different types of, of, of sheep and goats, how they eat. The goats, they just eat everything. 
And they just break up all the ground. They do that. But sheep, no, they don't do that. They're orderly. The sheep begins to build terraces like steps. And when they eat, they don't eat down to the root. And the shepherd won't allow them to eat down to the root. So they eat to a certain height, and the shepherd would move them away. And watch this. The sheep knows the shepherd's voice. The sheep know. They recognize the voice. We were at some place just the other day, I think it was. And uh, I was talking to somebody, and we began to laugh. And I guess our voices went a little bit loud. Oh, what's up? Was the family? Um, Lanzaga family. We're in Pearl Ridge. Now, you know, shopping in Christmas time, you don't want to do that. Somebody say, I repent. Well, we had some time to Pastor Jerry, hey, let's, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? She said, let's go here. Let's go. Okay, let's go. So we went. I am not a shopper. I don't care much for shopping. Now, if you probably take me to swap meat or you take me to a garage sale, that's different. You know, man, I probably can stay there or oh, Home Depot and I don't come out. <laughs> so you understand what I'm saying? But we went and, and we were talking and talking and then uh, we began to laugh about one, some things. And then all of a sudden... Ramey was in another store somewhere, and she's like, I hear Apostle's voice. We're kind of distant. And she turned and she looked and she did see us. I was talking to Deacon Richie at the time. And she came over and she began to laugh. She said, I thought I was hearing things. I just heard Apostle, I heard your voice, Apostle's voice, laughing while we were talking. Because the sheep know the shepherd's voice. You can recognize if Jesus is speaking to you right now. Don't look at the vessel. Because if you look at the vessel, you judge the vessel many a times by their errors or their mistakes. Or things that they say and do that you dislike. Then you begin to knit and pick things that you would like and things that you don't like. The messenger only comes to deliver the message. God is, his word is the message to bring deliverance. The Holy Spirit brings that message. And all of that comes by grace. So you need a teacher to teach you. You need a mentor to help guide you and direct you. Sometimes to help get you into shape. Well, shape that I'm talking about is on the right path. I'm not talking about how you grow. Somebody was like, Pastor, help me. <laughs> Sign up at the circuit, see Sister Mercedes every day. Amen. We've got a little bit more time. Let me give you a couple more scriptures. Is that okay? Everybody's okay? Hallelujah. Now let me talk about the flip side of God's grace called wrath. Uh, go with me to Revelations. Revelations. Uh, 
Go with me to Matthew chapter 24. Then I'm going to dive into Revelations. Just give me a few more minutes. Then we'll take about tithes and offerings and pray before we leave. Romans 24, 48. NLT. But what if the servant is evil? Oh, excuse me. Did I say Matthew 24? Matthew 24, 48. Okay. Kalamai. <laughs> I like that response. Okay. But what if the servant is evil and thinks my master won't be back for a while? He begins beating the other servants, partying and getting drunk. The master will return unannounced and unexpected. And he will cut the servant to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It doesn't mean that that place will be snowing. Okay? It sounds like a horrific, painful torture. That's found in Matthew 24. Now, there's many more scriptures I encourage you to read the chapter. Now, let's go over to Revelations chapter 13, verse 11. And some of you might want to write this all down for notes. will help you in your walk. Revelations 13, NLT, starting at verse 11. Then I saw another beast come up out of the earth. He had two horns like those of a lamb. But he spoke with the voice of a dragon. That's another name for Satan. Is called a dragon. He exercised the authority of the first beast. And he required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast. Whose fatal wound had been healed. So Satan, as we read on, is able to provide miracles. Okay? But Satan will be, is very limited. He did, and right now we're talking about here, we're talking about the last days, and we're also talking about the tribulation. But many of the believers won't be here already. We'll be caught up and raptured away. Everybody understand this right now. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16, 17, and 18. Study those verses. Recite that verses in your heart. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. It gives you an understanding of Christ's return, the rapture. Acts chapter 1, verse 9, 10, and 11. He already left. The rapture has taken place at least four times already. First one was Enoch. The second one was um, Noah's time. Third time was Elijah. The fourth time was Jesus. There is the fifth rapture that is about to take place. And my friend, it's about to happen any time. Which is the rapture of the church. Which is the bride of Christ. Where the born again believers will be caught up to meet Christ in the air. So now Revelations chapter 13 reveals some of these things coming to pass. 
verse 13, Revelations 13, 13 now, in LT. He did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down to the earth from the sky while everyone was watching. And with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast, he deceived, look at that words now, help me read it, he deceived all the people who belonged to this world. He ordered the people to make great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. He was then permitted to give life to the statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. You see the difference? When God asks us for worship, our worship to him brings life to us. This worship to the beast causes you to die. If you never want to worship him, you will die. That's why the four Hebrew children was thrown into fiery furnace. Because they didn't bend, they didn't bow. And because they didn't bend and bow, they didn't burn. It's a whole nother message. Verse 16. He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on their forehead. Some of us have five heads. No one, look at this. No one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Wisdom is needed here. We need to have understanding here. Comprehension. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. And his number is. You see it before your eyes. Now, I don't have it before me, but I've shown this before. So be careful about people using the number as an idol. People put it as a tattoo. People put it as an app or things on their phone, and they're not careful about that. One of the things, even in the fighting ring, they have the number 666 before your eyes, but you don't recognize the number. You know the beast, the drink called the beast? Excuse me? Monster. Monster is a beast. <laughs> yeah, the monster. They call it the monster drink. Every label that has the monster drink, it shows there the beast. And it shows it in Greek writing. It kind of looks like that. It's 666 six, six in Greek writing. Go pull it out. You can pull that on your website right now, but don't because we're doing the message. When you go home, do your study. A lot of people do this. 
It's three sixes. Be careful of that. So what they're doing is they're worshiping the beast. Because they that worship not the beast, the beast will cause them to be killed. So they use those numbers, 666. People think that it's just a star or a phony thing. But you have wisdom tonight. Somebody say amen. You have knowledge and comprehension. You know that you won't support that number. Because that is a number of a man and it's not of God. This is satanic. It's cult. It's a cult. That's why if we're not careful, religion can be of an occult. We don't serve religion. We worship and serve the one and only true God. We lift up one name and one name only. And that name is Jesus Christ. And at that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You and I are here because of God's grace. We want to stay on that destiny. We want to stay on that road. If you veer off somehow or some way, repent immediately. Repent to Jesus. You don't have to repent to a man unless that ought or offense is with an individual. Then you go and see the individual. But number one is with God. If God can forgive you and I, who we have not seen, we can forgive others that we have before our very eyes. Ask them. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I missed it. That will be the greatest healing of all within your life. Why are we showing scriptures, scriptures as such? If you know the truth, the truth will make you free. If you don't know the truth, then you will settle for anything. People will begin to talk. The Bible says in the last days, there shall be an evil area of seducing spirits that will speak into your ears. How you'll know that we are living also in the last days? Because many believers that have never kept the faith, they'll walk away from the faith of God's word. Know that these signs of times is right now. People are rather looking into the wealth or riches of mankind than looking to God for forgiveness and repentance. Be careful about these things. The Bible says you cannot serve God or mammon at the same time. You will betray one because you will love the other. Know who you are. Rise up and stand fast. So you saw that there. You got time? Give me five more minutes. Let me nail this down, okay? Revelations chapter 14, verse 10. Amplified, please. And you can write all these things down. Please do. He too shall have to drink the wine of God's indignation and wrath, poured undiluted into the cup of his anger. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. These are those who walk away from the faith of God. This is the things that are happening. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever. Notice these words now. 
the smoke of their torment ascends forever. Help me read it. And ever. And they have no respite, nor, no pause, no intermission, no rest, no peace, day or night. Now, now, now stop. Before we read this, look at what we're reading and understand this. The pain of this penalty will never cease. If you was to get bite by a bee, some of us would scream until the pain stops. The pain will stop eventually. It might stop five minutes from now. If you was to come here and slap me on a place that would hurt me, I would feel the pain and I would slap you back. <laughs> so you know what I'm feeling. Okay, okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I took you there. But anyway, I just thought if I drift you in that area, you would catch on to what I'm saying. So in other words, the pain that you have here will be for a, a time period. You'll feel that pain. I, I, you understand what I'm saying? But at this time, you, there's no rest. You will never be delivered. You cannot be delivered. That's the indignation of God's wrath that will fall upon the children of disobedience. And this time, my friend, it's about to come and the closure of the curtain is about to happen anytime soon. My duty as your shepherd and mentor, teacher and apostle is to tell you the truth. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not, not going to compromise what people, even Christians, are saying about my walk. Why, why aren't you doing this, Pastor? Why aren't you doing that? I'm sorry. That's not what God is telling me to do right now. I'm responsible for those that are in front of me right now. And then for the many souls right now that is being ministered over television. I have a calling in my life. I know what I'm called to. If you expect me to do what God has called you to do, you don't know your calling. Is that okay, somebody? You may not understand your calling. I understand my calling. And I have a gift that God has given to me. You might not agree with it. That's okay. Because you're not my judge. I'm going to have to face my judge. And if I answer to you, I might have to answer to him. I would rather answer to him and not you. So, be gone. Now, as I'm saying this, I hope I'm not saying it sarcastically that you might think different of my character. I'm trying to teach you something. That when opposition comes your way, you can rise up and stand fast so you can finish strong the same way. You don't have to settle for anything less but for God's best. God allowed you to be in a place that you could be shepherd. Hear what your shepherd is saying to you. Because it brings you life. It gives you guidance. It shows you direction. The rest is between you and God. Do you know that I have to answer for all of you? So I got to go to God continuously. What about this family? What about that family? 
What about so-and-so? What about their, their welfare or, or their relationship? I got to seek God and lift your name up before God. That God will show me and tell me what you need in your life. That before I walk out of the room and this message could be delivered, God already says, this is what I have for my people. This is what you need to say. So when I come out, I come out not with enticing words of man's wisdom. I come out by the demonstration and the power of the Holy Spirit that is invested inside of me. So that you can get the truth and the truth can make you free. Somebody say amen. And you can go home and eat whatever else you got prepared for dinner. Okay. Woo! So where are we? Verse 11, did we go there? And the smoke of the torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no respite. We read that. To his image, whoever receives the stamp of his name upon him. As we talked about that earlier. Verse 12. Here comes in, here comes in a call for the steadfastness of the saints, the patience, the endurance of the people of God, those who habitually keep God's commandments and their faith in Jesus. Keep your faith in Jesus. We're going to close it right here. Your faith is in Jesus Christ. He is the author and finisher of our faith. We don't know our tomorrows. But you have power to deal with what God is saying to you today. Today is our day of salvation. Tomorrow is never promised. We understand that. So what do we do with our today? Just give it to Jesus. Can I pray for you? Can we all stand? I know we haven't taken to our tithes and our offerings and so forth. But I'd like to pray with you first. Let's settle this, the speaking of God's word, within our soul, within our spirit. That when you leave this place tonight, your spirit is content. Your soul has been washed and purified by God's word. And God will be able to speak to you clearly and deal with your heart just between you and him. Father, thank you for grace. We honor you tonight. It's not by chance that we made it to the last Wednesday service. We're so grateful to you, Father. You predestined our steps, prearranged our pathways, and allowed us to be found here tonight that we could receive this message, God's plan, called grace. I stretch forth my faith right now with the body of Christ right now. At the hearing of your word tonight, deliverance, healing, breakthrough, salvation in every area of our life will come forth. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed and reverence and honor is given to the Father, may we pray this prayer in a spirit of unity. Heavenly Father, here I am. Can you lift a hand to the Father? Here I am. I surrender all. I thank you tonight for grace. 
I don't deserve it. But you poured it out in my life. I am so grateful. You found me empty-handed. But alive in your hands. I repent right now. Of all my errors. And all my shortcomings. All my mess-ups. All my screw-ups. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Wash me now with the blood of the Lamb. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I thank you, Father, for this day that I am able to stand fast and finish strong in the last days of this year. And I thank you so much for speaking to my heart tonight. I receive your grace. I give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Father, now let your word bring forth complete operation and dedication, commitment to you within the hearts of your people. Let them not forget what you've said and shown to them and how you spoke by your spirit to them. The deliverance can come full and free. Now as we receive that grace, help us, dear God, to bear that testimony and share it with our families and friends and share it with our co-workers and neighbors and share it with complete strangers that may not know you. Holy Spirit, use us to glorify you. We thank you and give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house of God said, not just...